Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you always want to be the best you can be? The Frankie Boyer Show. What is this? It's more than a lifestyle show. It's a show about living in today's world. I think something is happening. Frankie enthusiastically brings an amazing eclectic mix to the airwaves. You got that right. One of the reasons she's earned legions of loyal fans is very simple. When you listen to the Frankie Boyer Show, you just never know what's going to happen next. So listen for yourself. Here is Frankie Boyer. And welcome. Always so great to have you with us. But when we have our guest on today, one of our favorites, because today world-class futurist, best-selling author, Joyce Joya, who will soon publish her sixth and solo book, Experience Rules, How Positive Experiences Will Drive Profit into the Future, Of course, her weekly Herman Trend Alert is read by tens of thousands of people in 91 countries. And Joyce, always so great to have you back. Um, What is this week's um, trend all about, the Herman Trend Alert? This week's Herman Trend Alert is all about COVID and sleep. It will come out tomorrow. And last week's Trend Alert was about uh, what small and medium-sized businesses must do to attract, engage, and retain their talent. And this is especially a problem because we have 15 million, million with an M, job postings in the U.S. today. And many, many small and medium-sized employers are finding it more and more difficult to compete with the big guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's a real problem. And the numbers last week, of course, were so disappointing within the job market. And everyone is complaining in my neighborhood, there aren't enough people. And we had um, we had a, a wonderful guest on last week talking about colleges. And, uh, and, and you know, I didn't mean to sound as though I'm against college. I'm not. I'm not against education. What what I'm feeling in this country right now, Joyce, is that why are we hounding college so much when it's really the experiences right. of life and the education that we yes. get from living and through our experiences? Well, really... and, and the truth is that there are many, many jobs that do not require college degrees. And there are boatloads of parents who, because they believe that the college to something bigger, have pushed their kids to attend college when, in fact, they really didn't need to. And that's what we need. We need. We kind of need to get over that. 
We do. Uh, there are. We need to get over it fast. And I'm highly educated. I have lots of degrees, but my degrees are not in anything that I I do in my <laughs> life today, and and never I, have I been. Understand. So yeah. so you know, I mean, I was waitressing with a master's degree, and I loved it. I did that full time as my real profession for a lot of years, and I have to tell you, you know. I've done a lot of different things in my years um, from from lots and lots of varieties. But I have to tell you, it really saddens me to see the pressure that families are under. And I know it's exciting to see someone graduate from college. And I'm not saying that that's not the goal, but but maybe there should be a fifth year. And that fifth year should be somewhere between after high school and before you graduate that you just take that year and do something else than go to school. Yeah, what you're talking about is a gap year. A gap year, exactly. And and it that concept is extremely popular in Europe and other parts of the world and less popular here in the US. Although during COVID there were many young people who just decided that that's what they should do. They should take a gap year instead of going directly yeah. to college. Yeah, I and have a friend. Who, yeah, I have a friend who's um, who did that. Her her grandson did that, and he was so thrilled that he did that. He realized so many things in that gap year, and more importantly, many parents did not want to pay for um, the hybrid experience because tuitions did not go down. Yes, that, that is a sad truth, <laughs> a sad truth. And yet the yeah. colleges and universities lost money because they didn't have the students in the dorms and right. they didn't have right. the students paying for their, for their uh, meal cards and, you know, their meals. And I, I mean, it, it's just been the, the whole COVID experience has, has really been devastating to any number of areas of our economy. You know, Joyce, you're one of the few. You're one of the few that has been, you have been one of the few that has been so outspoken this year saying that, wait a minute, not so fast, everybody. It's not going to be back to normal. Not so fast when it, when it comes to the economy. Are you still feeling that way, Joyce? Oh, yes. And although, especially now, actually, because the part of the reason that we have those 15 million job postings that are still open positions is that so many people who started looking for jobs many months ago got discouraged and now they feel like there's no job for me and you know the the employers and I've spoken with a number of them are lamenting the fact that people are saying that they can't uh, that that they don't want to come back to work because they've got this the, they're making more money with their the unemployment. But the truth is that most people want to be productive. They want to contribute. And the unfortunate truth is that many many of the people who lost their jobs in the beginning of the pandemic. And they worked very hard for two or three months to find jobs. 
And then they got really, really discouraged. And when they go back to look for work, it's like the the employers were saying, well, what did you do for all this time? And there, they, there are some employers who are not being particularly understanding. And I think that's another reason why we have so many job openings that are not being filled by the people. We also have a major problem, Frankie, it, with something that my late partner and I used to call disemployment or misemployment. And that is that we have millions of people in this country who are perfectly trained and very capable of handling jobs that no longer exist. And <laughs> that's, yes. that's not going to help anybody, right? We right. need to upskill them. We need to make sure that we have the round pegs for the round holes and the square pegs for the square holes and that we can have people with the right skill sets for the jobs of the future. And and it's not making it any easier that most of the the jobs these days are uh, involve some level of of computer work. Yes, and so wouldn't it be lovely it, it, to it's see? It's not enough that you know how to fix a car; you have to know how to run the car's computer too. Wouldn't it be lovely to have more women doing that, Joyce? And that's coming. That is definitely coming. I mean, you know, when you look at the number of young women versus young men who are graduating from high school. And then you look at the number, the percentages of young women versus young men who are in college. And it's like 60%, upwards of 60%. Harvard, the last year that I looked, was like 64%. So, it's it, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I... It's, it, we will have more young women, and we will have more young women in leadership as well. Okay. We have a reporter locally who just did a story on the local news saying when we, we in Boston have 25% capacity, which is very exciting at our sporting arenas. So tonight in the freezing chilly wind... There at Fenway at Fenway Park, there will be 25 percent, which means 10,000 people will be in the stands. It's the most that we've had. We've heard that it will be the Roaring Twenties. I want to hear what our trendsetter is going to say about that. We will be back in just a moment with Joyce Goya, and the website is. Go ahead and give it www.hermantrendalert.com And we'll be right back. Frankie Boyer, BizTalk Radio. Stay tuned.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome back. Yeah, we do. We work hard for our money. And the question, I have so many questions for, for our guests today. We're here on, on BizTalk Radio. It's Frankie Boyer. Welcome back. And Joyce Joy is with us. And she is the world-class futurist, best-selling author, a new book coming out soon. We can't wait for that new book. Um, Joyce, Roaring Twenties. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you see, I mean, this yeah, well, is, is this something yeah. that's going to make the trend report? And, and are, are you also feeling that once we get into the stadiums, we will be screaming our heads off and just dancing and carrying on and life is going to be like the roaring 20s, which happened after the last pandemic 100 years well, ago? I, 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 I believe that there's going to be a, a kind of euphoria. But I don't believe that it's going to be at the same level. And here's why. <laughs> After the last pandemic, we didn't have a vaccine for people to choose not to take, uh, which is, in my view, misguided. But I understand that, that there are people who believe very strongly in the other direction. Um, I think that, the, in, in my view, the vaccine is how we get back to a, a, the new normal, how we get back to a time when we can actually be with people without wearing these uncomfortable masks. And I, no matter whether you put in a, a frame or, or not, uh, I, I, masks are just not as comfortable as being able to sit and talk to somebody without wearing one. And... I I do believe, and you and I have talked about this briefly, that there is going this pent up demand. There is a revenge spending, which also comes the the pent up demand will also mean that we have this very strong desire to relate with each other, person to person, 
to share the same physical space. I believe that there is an exchange of energy when two human beings share the same physical space. And I don't believe that there is a substitute for it. I, I just don't feel like we get the same thing if we are uh, remote with each other, if we're looking at each other on Zoom. Maybe someday when we have virtual reality suits, but not today. And I also believe in you, and I have not discussed this, that there is going to be the same kind of, of positive feeling of joy that we will experience when we go back into, when we go forward into our workplaces, that people want to be, they want to share the same physical space with each other. They want to be in meetings and, and share ideas in person, and that that is going to promote a higher level of innovation and creativity in our workplace if leaders are smart enough to let it. Ah, <laughs> yes, that's the big question. That's the big question. We have talked about the changes that we saw in the early days of the pandemic, Joyce, environmental changes. People actually saw fish in the canals in Venice. It was unheard of. You never saw anything in Venice but blackness. Um, right. but, but and and fog had disappeared and you know and and now people are looking at sustainability and companies that make a difference. And I think that we're right. we're really um we've opened up a tremendous amount in what we're looking for. We want to support black companies. We want to support minority companies. We want to support people that are people making a difference. In people with disabilities. Right? That Thank you. Right. Yes. 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 So I, I think it is different today. And I think that we're seeing television shows devoting episode, episodes after episodes talking about this. I mean, this is unheard of that you turn on a television show and they're referencing Lloyd's death. They're referencing, oh, you, mean you know, George Floyd. Yes, George George Floyd. Yeah, George Floyd's death. They're referencing um, timely stories that are happening in the news today. So, you know, this is a, the these are definitely definitely different times. But there is still the, the cycle of life, Joyce. Yes, and, and there is a tremendous desire as human beings to experience more of, of life. And we have been closed away in our homes. And, and by the way, that's had a wonderful, wonderful uh, effect for people like Home Depot and Lowe's and, and Wayfair. Wayfair. And, yeah, yeah. They've all, they've all done very, very well by, by this pandemic. Um, and, and yet there's a part of us that craves being with others, physically being with others, uh, to, to share ideas 
and to to talk about old times when we can look into each other's eyes. And it's important to understand that we have been changed by this last year plus that we have experienced individually. And some of us have been changed in a, a more positive way and others of us are, are emerging from this, this period with, uh, a, a, with more feelings of depression and darkness than we had before. And, and there are others of us who have said, I'm going to take this opportunity to see what I could be if I just, in my case, got rid of 30 pounds. Um, and, and by the way, people were not telling me that I was overweight before. Yes. But I knew it. Um, right, right. So that, so that there's, it, we are not going, as I've said before to you, we're not going back to anything going forward we're going forward into a normal 2.0 or normal 3.0 which is uh it's going to be it's going to have some similarities to the old normal but it's also going to have many many differences because we are not the same people who chose to start living in our homes because we had to. I mean, actually, we didn't really, it wasn't a choice. I mean, we were told you can't come into work. We were told you can't, you, you shouldn't, if you're of a certain age, you shouldn't go out and buy groceries. Get everything right, delivered. Right, right, right. Uh, we are and, out of, Trace, we're out of time. I love talking uh, with you. Please, <laughs> please, please give us the website. Come back sooner. Then later, because we need your insights. They're so brilliant, and uh, we just always enjoy you, Joyce, really and truly. Thank you. It's Go ahead great. and give us the it's website. www.hermantrendalert.com. Thank, Thank you, Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. This is Frankie Boyer. You're listening to us on Biz Talk Radio. Stay tuned. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Sometimes late when things are real and people share the gift of gab. And welcome back. It is Frankie Boyer. And you know, for many of us, we look back at 9-11 we know exactly what we were doing. We know exactly what was happening in our lives. We know exactly who called us. We were frozen, mesmerized, horrified. I, the, the range of emotions were off the charts, off the charts. And I just can't even believe that we are getting ready to celebrate 20 years, 20 years this September 11th. 
it will be 20 years. But for younger, our younger generation, some were never born. They were born after 9-11. And the concept of 9-11, they can't even fathom. It was hard enough for us as adults to even get a grasp of what happened. Well, joining us today is Alan Gratz. And Alan has done something so brilliant. He has um, published a a new book called Ground Zero. And he is the New York Times bestselling author of, of several highly acclaimed books for young readers. And he has done it again with this new Ground Zero book. And Alan, why now? Why this book? And welcome. It's so nice to have you with us. Hey, Frankie. Thanks. I appreciate it. And um, yeah, why now? You mentioned it's the 20-year anniversary of 9-11 coming up this September, uh, which was a stunner to me when I first did the math on that and realized it, it, it seems like it was both yesterday and a million years ago in some way. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I also, and I also realized like what you were saying is it is a book for young readers and young readers have been asking me for a long time, please write a book about 9-11. And I didn't really get why until I realized my own daughter, she's 18 years old. She's a freshman in college. She was born the year after 9-11. And so there's there's an entire, like anybody in, in elementary school or, or middle school or, or high school, even at the college, they weren't even alive when 9-11 happened. And so I think they have a lot of questions about it and, and, and want to know more about that day. Yeah. You know, I... It, you know, it, it's the 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 events of that day were so. Um, they were they were so stunning. Is the only word they were stunning. Yeah. You know, I know exactly what I was doing. Um, I know I got the phone call from from my late sister who said, "Are you are you watching what's happening right now? Are you watching this?" And she was hysterical, crying. And yeah, you know, I, I just when I when I did put the television on, I just couldn't believe it myself. And then we all watched in horror. And then the phone calls from friends that live in New York that were one um, was one of those women that you saw running away from the scene. From head to oh, toe yeah. in ash and ash. Yeah. 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 So, um, gosh, it just, and, and that night, and that night, strangers met on the street, weeping, hugging, and singing in, in prayer circles with candles. Yeah, one of the things I talk about in this book is both of the, there are two characters in this. One is a boy who's nine years old. He's in the North Tower when the first plane hits and he has to try and survive. And the other is a, an 11 year old girl in Afghanistan in the present day who is trying to survive as her village becomes 
uh, a battleground between the United States and the Taliban. And both of these kids will, 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 will have to learn that, that lesson that we saw that day, that coming together. They will both think that they can survive this alone, that they can get through this horror alone. But what they'll come to learn is that we are, we are much stronger when we work together and that it's not, it's not us against the world as it often feels like it, it's, it's all of us working together for each other. Yeah. It was such a profound moment in, and, you know, and many people have said that it changed the trajectory of their lives. They, they were in mm. jobs that they didn't like and new businesses formed. It's very, very similar, Alan, to what happened with COVID, the year of COVID. On many levels, on many levels. And yet, yeah, we how quickly we forget. And that, you know, and that's why I'm so thrilled you wrote this book, because, you know, there are there are stories of history that we can never forget, nor should we ever be complacent about them. And 9-11 is one of those dates I agree. I think a lot of I think COVID is forcing a lot of people to re-examine their own lives and ask questions about the way they are living. And I remember feeling that same way after 9/11 and going through that. And uh, I I think that young people are having this moment now. Uh, but I I think it's really important for them to see that we've been through this before and and that we can get through this. Uh, it may change things for us in the future, but. But if we work together, we can get past this together. I think that, um, so where were you on 9-11? I was an eighth grade English teacher in Knoxville, Tennessee. And, you know, this was before before everybody had cell phones. I didn't get a cell phone until 2002 when, when my wife was pregnant. We wanted to make sure she could get a hold of me to get to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, so so. We, as you were saying, phone calls started coming in. People started to spread the word. Uh, people would pop into classrooms and say, you, you've got to get a TV in here and see what's going on. And eventually we pulled all the kids out of the classrooms and took them to the gym where we wheeled in these, I remember, you know, those big old televisions that were strapped to carts with blurry yes. reception. And we, we all sat there trying to figure out what was going on, teachers and students. And and all of us confused and frightened, um, just trying to, to get a handle on things. And it wasn't even until days later that we really began to understand the full, the, the, the enormity of the situation. What did you, what were the reactions of eighth graders in, in those days? What was that like? You know, it was strange. And this is part of the challenge of writing for this age. On the one hand, a young person in middle school can be super serious and they understand the gravity of, of, of something if you explain it or show it to them. On the other hand, they are still kids. Uh, you know, a lot of people call books for this age young adult, and I love that expression because they are adults in the sense that they are beginning to look outside the family, outside the classroom, outside the, the neighborhood, and they're starting to see the world at large. But they're also young. They're still kids. They go out on the playground and they still play around and they want to go sledding in the winter and throw snowballs. And they have a, they have a, a, a switch they can flip, an internal switch. And it, it's so much starker, that contrast in kids, than it is for adults. You know, you, you talked about 
how 9-11 wrecked so many of us as adults. As kids, they can feel the import of that, but then the next minute they can, they can be bouncing off the walls. And I remember struggling with that as a teacher when I was teaching eighth grade because I was wrecked by this nonstop 24-7. And they would be at times, but then there were other times when they forgot it as easily as they forgot the latest drama in the, cla- in the cafeteria. And, and so it's important to remember that the kids still care. They do. It's just that because they have that internal switch that's flipping on and off all the time, it, it may be hard for them to care in the same way that we do as adults. And, and they don't have any context for anything. Everything is immediate. You know, history for them is what happened last week. Uh, and for us, that's very different. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this book is for the the kids that were not able to relive because they weren't even alive, but for them to never forget the horrific events of that day. And we thank you, Alan Gratz, for, for writing this book, Round Zero. And what's the best website? Oh, you can find me online at alangratz.com, and it's A-L-A-N-G-R-A-T-Z.com. Thank you so much, Alan. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment. This is Frankie Boyer. Stay tuned, Biz Talk Radio. Welcome back. Oh, my gosh. It is baseball season. Thank gosh. Oh, my God. Love baseball. Baseball Road Trips is Timothy Malcolm's new complete guide to all the ballparks with beer, bites, and sights nearby. Timothy, a tough job to do reporting and and getting this done, huh? (laughs) Nice to have you with us. This was a very arduous task, Frankie, for sure. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> okay, I have to ask you your top five baseball parks in this country right now. Right now, top five. I'm going to say Oracle Park in San Francisco, which is a fantastic oh, yeah. park with beautiful views, great food and drink. Lovely. TNC Park in Pittsburgh. They have a great food selection, and of course, the views are there, amazing, and there's this wonderful walk that you can take across Roberto Clemente Bridge to get the PNC Park, which is really fun. Um, let's go with T-Mobile Park in Seattle. Really great food and drink selection there, too, but also so much to do and see, and the the park is actually really nice for a retractable roof stadium. Uh, not always my favorite kinds of stadiums, but they did a really good job with it. I also love Wrigley Field, a place that, of course, everybody needs to see at some point in their lives because of the history, because of the neighborhood around it with all the bars, and, of course, the ivy and the brick wall. And my number five, and this is actually my favorite park of all time, and it has such a close personal connection to me, and I know that sincere Red Sox fan, this is good, it's Fenway Park. I love Fenway Park. Um, yeah. The Monster, Pesky's Pole. 
you know, the scene around the ballpark with the sausage guy. And it just, it's, yeah. it's the best. It's, it's the best. <laughs> it really is. I mean, we're so spoiled here in Boston, to be honest with you. It's in the middle of the city, Kenmore Square. It is smack right yep. in the middle of our city. I go and get my art supplies and just look, and it's right there. I mean, it's just well, bizarre that I go and get my art supplies, and Fenway Park is right there. But you I missed have to Cand- tell you, I have to tell you real quick. I, I yeah. grew up, my dad had a t-shirt of Fenway Park with a Sitco sign, and I was so excited to see that in person. And that was that's on the roof of what used to be the BU Bookstore. And yes. I went to Boston University for college. So I got to be part of that whole experience for four years. Oh, college. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot I went to BU, too. That's right. That's right. But, but you know, <laughs> being from here. But you didn't mention Camden Yards. I think that's a spectacular ballpark. Camden is a great ballpark. Absolutely. It would be, it's like right there, like number six or seven, if I were to say yeah, right now okay. at this moment. Yeah. It, okay. it, it is, it's, a, it's an original for what it is, and it's got a great scene going on, for sure. Okay, so Timothy, you're a lifelong Phillies fan, of course. You've been a, a writer, an editor, a podcaster. You've written for the for Phillies Nation, Hard Time, Hardball Times. Um, you, this new book, Baseball Road Trips. I just have to ask you. Today in Boston, I was just sharing earlier. We're at twenty five, twenty five percent. So ten thousand people will be screaming and i mean screaming and it's cold here today it is it, it's it's like 50 something degrees but it's the wind chill that's really you know drives the it's the water coming the wind coming right off the water but i have to ask you this is a very strange this has been a very strange year for baseball mm-hmm. um the games, in my opinion, are too long. I love the new rule of of having a man on second when it's overtime and we have to get into uh, extra innings. I love that rule. I think it should stay. It probably mm-hmm. won't, but I think it should. Um, I love baseball, but it's too long a game. Yeah, it, 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 is, it is long, right? You have to kind of really sit there and absorb it and put up with it. And if you have a couple small kids, it gets really hard to sit through a whole contest. And yeah, you're right. Major League Baseball is trying to do some things to make the game a little faster, make it a little bit more exciting for people. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm actually okay with the rule and the extra innings rule of putting a guy on second base. I think that's a good way to speed it up. Uh, it doesn't go too far. I think one thing that baseball can do to just make things a little quicker is I don't know if they're going to be able to do it, but speed up those commercial breaks, you know? Like, don't don't have a yeah. commercial after every half inning. Maybe find a way to get some ads in the game so that you don't have to go to those commercial breaks. That might cut the game by about 20 minutes or so. I, I It used to be two and a half hours. It, they're like four-hour mm-hmm. games now, four hours plus. And this is not – I'm not talking about extra innings. I'm just talking about nine innings. I think it's too many innings. I think it needs to be cut. I think they need to be less – visits to the mound i you know i have my own opinions about this but that being said that being said it is um it's nice to have baseball back and it it looks like it's going to be a full season it looks like it's going to be a a wonderful season and i'm going to ask you who's going to be in the playoffs Ooh, well before the season started i made my prediction that the Dodgers have come out of the National League, and right now they're kind of floundering, but they're still really talented. 
And believe it or not, my American League team to make the World Series was, in fact, the Red Sox. So I actually feel like it'll be Dodgers and Red Sox in the World Series and sticking to it. Um, wow. But I also like the, I also like the Padres a lot in the National League. They're a really good yeah. team. The Giants are playing a little team. over their heads right now. I'm not sure about them. And um, in the American League, you know, the Athletics are always a pretty good team, and, and, and they're shocking people again this year with this just interesting pitching staff and good offense. And I know they're playing the Red Sox this week, so uh, that'll be a fun series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely, absolutely. And the the good news, the good news is that COVID will give us more appreciation. This will be a good year for baseball because we will have more appreciation for the game and going to the games. Mm-hmm. And I think it will help with the ratings. It will help with all kinds of things, everything baseball. But once that's over, I think we're going to be in big trouble. And I think the the game, unfortunately, needs to, to do some things. But in the meantime, we've got to get to these ballparks. And you've put out together this fabulous book, Baseball Road Trips. Timothy, you've done a great job. This is everything you need to see in and around all of these spectacular baseball parks around the country from coast to coast with maps and extra stuff. And, oh, my gosh, great, great, great goodies. And what's the best website? You can just go on anywhere online. Amazon is a good place, of course, but Apple, Google, and then maybe even your local bookstore might have it. Uh, most of the major bookstores across the country have it as well if you want to get it. Thank you so much for being with us today and play ball. (laughs) We'll be back. That's right. Play ball. We'll be back next time. This has been another edition of the Frankie Boyer show for biz talk radio. Thanks for listening. Everybody make it a great day. And as always smile. There are clouds in the sky, you'll get by if you swallow.